We've all heard about how good this class of wide receivers in the 2022 NFL Draft is supposed to be. But the Chicago Bears are in a position where they want to hope that one of the best ones falls to them in the second round because the depth of the class starts to drop off a bit once you get more in those Bears Day 2 draft picks. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. You can join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked on Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked on Bears your first listen today. On the show today, we get into this draft class of wide receivers, specifically looking at the guys that should be there, expected to be there, projected to be there when the Chicago Bears are picking on the second day of the draft. We'll split them up into a few different categories. First, we'll start with the guys that are sort of on this borderline of like, might be first-round picks that are out of the Bears' range. Maybe things could go their way and have some things fall. Not the top of the top guys, but, you know, that sort of next tier of players that wishful thinking maybe could get them to Chicago. Maybe none of them could be there. We'll see how teams value them. Then we'll turn our attention to the guys that are more like firmly second-round type players. Not a huge risk. I mean, maybe a team could fall in love and pick them early. But for the most part, probably going to be solid second-round range Guys that are just not as spectacular as some of the earlier picks. And then we'll wrap up with more of that like second to third round range. You know, for those three Bears picks in the second and third round, maybe the later side of that spectrum. And, and not so much get into the late round gems and sleepers, but still the, the lesser of that group that if the Bears picked some other positions with those two second round picks, for example, who could they still potentially land in the third and add one more playmaker for Justin Fields? I think it's important to make clear like who is for sure at least out of the running for the Bears. I think there's there's a big four at the top of this draft that are like for sure no chance not going to fall to the Bears at this point unless something crazy happens between now and draft day. I think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, both from Ohio State, are both probably going to be firmly in that conversation now. Plus you have the big wide receiver Drake London and then Jamison Williams as well. He's from from Alabama and I believe Drake, Drake London from USC, and, and there's plenty of argument about, you know, ranking those four among the NFL teams, and, and I guess fortunately for us, we're not in that position to, to get into those ranking debates about the top wide receivers in the draft, but those four seem like for sure not a chance of coming to the Bears, and then the next group of guys very well could also be out of the Bears range, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could potentially fall into the early first round. I, I think the most borderline of this group that the, the seems the least likely to be there for the Bears would be Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I mean, he's he's one of these physical and fast receivers. Like, he has great speed, but he's 225 pounds. I mean, he's not, he's not quite, you know, DK Metcalf exactly, but, like, he is physical and nasty and fast. And it's that type of combination that you could see NFL teams falling in love with and, and making him that first-round pick. But if, for whatever reason... He were to fall, it would be a dream for the Bears to be able to land Traylon Burks. You can see where 
you know, at Arkansas, he played mostly out of the slot. So it's not a spot where he was really, you know, asked to run, first of all, routes on the outside and working more over the middle of the field. But then also one of the things that tends to happen with receivers that are in the slot is more often than not, the slot receivers are off the line of scrimmage or and the slot cornerbacks tend to be a little bit more off the line of scrimmage. So receivers that play the slot mostly in college don't tend to face a lot of press coverage. And that was true for Burks at Arkansas. And so you wonder if, you know, if you look at him as a, you know, big, fast, strong, number one type wide receiver that you'd be projecting him to be in the NFL. He hasn't had to release off the line of scrimmage against physical NFL caliber slot cornerbacks on the outside. So there's there's a little bit of a projection there, right? You'll still take the tools and the production and everything that Traylon Burks had, right? It's not like he's a, he's a, a mega risk necessarily. It's just there there is going to take there is going to be some transitioning there for him in terms of growing into that ceiling that it sure looks like he has from what we've seen at Arkansas. From there, I think there might be a, a, a slight step and, and some argument some starts to split up a little bit here as far as like, again, ranking these wide receivers. I'm not so interested in saying like, okay, who's number one, who's number two, who's number three, who's number four. I, I like this more tier type range that we're splitting them up in today. But let's talk about Jahan Dotson from Penn State. He's a 5'11", 178 pounds. So he's, a, he's definitely on the light side and uh, not a a strong wide receiver in, in the same way that the contrast from Traylon Burks to Jahan Dotson is, is vast there when you've got 50 pounds difference between two of them at the same position. But Dotson is an explosive route runner. It's that short area quickness. It's that yards after the catch playmaking ability. Similarly, though, like even though he doesn't have this, the, he doesn't have Burks' size, he, he has the same kind of question of like, how's he going to do against physical cornerbacks in the NFL when you're that light when you're you know when you're not really that type of strong wide receiver like at least with Burks right he has the strength to where just because he hasn't faced a physical a physical cornerbacks as much doesn't mean you know you, you think he has the skill set that he could do it more easily than a Dotson who is also a bit light and might have more just like physical trouble in addition to inexperience you know matching up with those physical NFL type press cornerbacks then there's George Pickens from Georgia one of the more like Longer, leaner wide receivers in this draft class. Big catch radius, great ball skills, can go up and, and fight for balls. And really, like, he, he's just like, he knows how to create that, like, last minute separation at the catch point in terms of, like, you know, kind of positioning himself, shouldering and, and arms and elbows to just kind of create that last little bit of room he needs to go up and catch that ball. But Pickens uh, is not, like, I wouldn't say a, re a refined route runner all that much. He also had an injury question marks about him that, you know, he I believe he has a, a torn ACL in there that, you know, has some concerns there about what you're going to get exactly from him. It was, yeah, it was, he tore it in March of 2021 and missed most of this past season. So that's sort of a, one of those medical red flags you keep an eye on there for Pickens and you just haven't really seen a lot of production in him fr from this last past season. And then in the last receiver, I'll throw in this like Borderline first, but could also fall there and still be there for the Bears. Christian Watson from North Dakota State University lit up the combine. 6'4", big receiver that ran 4'3", speed. I mean, he has all the traits, all the athletic ability, everything that you would look for in terms of, like, building your build-a-wide receiver with the parts that you're looking for. And just, if you think about, like, trying to defend that downfield, if you... If you match him up with a big cornerback that can compete with his size, he's going to blow by him. But if you match him up with a small cornerback who can compete with his speed, he's just going to be way bigger than them and, and go up and catch it. Still not a very like refined 
receiver. Still needs to kind of clean up the route running a little bit, add to his route tree a little bit more. And he could stand to be better at, at like using his size and being actually more physical and not just being long, but you know, being more of a bully at receiver. But wide receiver coaches are going to fall in love with him and want to have his tools in their building to develop and get something great. I think Bears fans would be very happy with any of those four wide receivers if they were to fall to Chicago at 39 or even, you know, their second, second round pick. But more likely, you know, they could all be gone or a few of them could be gone or they could limit the Bears options there by the time they actually end up taking a wide receiver. So we'll take a look at more of the guys that are more firmly in the second round that you could more consistently rely on being there if you're trying to simulate this Bears draft next on Locked on Bears. All the love for this wide receivers class has me curious about the prop bets for wide receivers drafted in the first round with our friends at betonline.net. The over-under has been set at five and a half, and it's just one of the many different ways you can use your draft knowledge to potentially cash in with BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and information. All the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including the NBA playoffs, just about here, the start of the Major League Baseball season. The Masters was a fun time to bet on golf. All of your sports are available at BetOnline. Plus, you know, live betting in games. They have esports, even your favorite Vegas casino games online. Head on over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action you need to know. BetOnline where the game starts. This second round group of wide receivers starts with Sky Moore, I think immediately goes to the top of this sort of tier here. And I I should say too, it's not like there's a a huge gulf between, you know, Sky Moore and these guys versus some some of the previous guys we just talked about, right? I'm sort of seeing like, a gap here, but some people like Sky more more than, say, Jahan Dotson or more than Christian Watson. Like some of these lines between these players are a little bit blurry. I think it's just easier to categorize them in this way. And I think the guys in this next group have more of the types of things that I think could lead them to fall. Whereas like there are concerns with like Watson and Pickens, but they, they seem to have the things that coaches might be more inclined to like fall in love with and ignore some of their red flags. Whereas like this next group of guys have guys have some of the things that they're just a little bit less special or they have the things that tend to make receivers fall down a little bit farther than the guys before them. So Sky Moore, for example, five nine and a half and pretty pretty short arms, right? There's gonna be limited options for him in, in your offense. He's just not gonna be, you know, that number one receiver. He just isn't built to truly be that guy. But he is he is 195 pounds, a pretty thick, strong receiver for someone as sort of short and, and stingy as him. And plus, I mean, just elite agility. I mean, a guy who can move in a hurry and get from point A to point B and with acceleration, agility, smoothness, fluidity. And also in that Western Michigan offense, he wasn't just the underneath guy. He actually played outside for them quite a bit. I don't know that that projects as well to the NFL against NFL outside physical cornerbacks, but he, he did do it in college and also showed an ability to you know win deep, downfield that was at Western Michigan where the the level of competition is not there but it really I think the main thing for him is just sort of like th- those size limitations it's, it's it's enough to knock him out of the first round I think if he's three or four inches taller we're talking about a surefire first round wide receiver but it's just you sort of limit I mean he could play some on the outside like a Marquise Goodwin has done for the Bears for example not that that's a a player comparison but just to show that 
smaller players can play outside receiver in the NFL if they can get off a press and separate at the line of scrimmage. And Sky Moore has done some of that. But again, against you know Western Michigan levels of competition, not at the NFL. And so there's a projection there of like, how much more can you get than just an explosive slot guy? That's still very valuable. That's largely worth a second round pick for a lot of different teams. Just maybe not quite a first round pick and why he's a little bit more down in, in this sort of range as, as firmly second round, not quite as much of a threat of him being off the board before the Bears pick. Another name in this tier, there's four of them, four in the first tier, four in, the, in this tier, and then I think four or five more guys that we'll look at as second and third round guys. Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Maybe, I don't say the best because the top of the top guys are, are a different category, but in this sort of second round group, the best big play deep threat of them all. He was an explosive downfield vertical playmaker in that South Alabama offense. And much like Sky Moore, and, and even to a lesser extent, like level of competition is an even bigger concern at South Alabama. I mean, Western Michigan too, but South, I don't know that he played a power five school. Jalen Tolbert did in the last couple of seasons. So he was beating up on on not great cornerbacks, but if the, if the skill set and tools are there, it, presumably it should project against better players. And he seemed to hold his own pretty well at the Senior Bowl, which is a good sign too. But it's it's one of those questions, and and I think too with Tolbert, part of why he's more in this range is he's not otherwise a, a super super well rounded wide receiver. He's got pretty good speed, but I mean a lot of his skill is is the ball tracking downfield, stacking the cornerbacks behind him, and just really being able to kind of put away those deep balls when they're in the air and making sure that he goes and is the one to get it. But he's not, you know, the the savvy route runner across the middle of the field or the intermediate threat. Like, he has been that vertical deep guy who you hope could then potentially develop into more. But at the very least, he could kind of come in and be that take the top off. I mean, not as much with the speed, but just more wins vertically and creates that separation downfield to be able to make that catch. And so there's there's a lot to like there, just not well-rounded first-round type of type of talent. One of the other things that'll bring receivers down in this type of range can be injury history. And like, yes, George Pickens had the ACL, but that was last spring. And so he, he's much more, you know, like recovered and ready to go. But you have John Mechie from Alabama who tore his ACL in December and is not going to be, you know, hasn't been able to do workouts. And we're, we're not sure, right? That's that's the red flag. When is he going to be ready to go? Is, is You know, training camp would be, Eight months removed from the ACL tear, potentially. We have seen really fast ACL recoveries, but you know, is he going to be full speed and ready to go in your offense by week one? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Right? It's it's hard to tell. That's what drops him down into this, you know, second. Maybe some people even have third round range, depending on your tolerance for injury concerns. Because otherwise, like John Mechie is a great route runner. I mean, great releases off the line of scrimmage, savvy in and out of his breaks. He is. He looks like a pro ready. NFL wide receiver, very, very high floor type of guy, but there are limited physical tools, right? He's not, he's not small, but he's not very big. He's not slow, but he's not very fast. And so like, he doesn't look like the kind of guy that's going to develop into that dominant number one wide receiver, but he could be a, a very solid number two, make a long career out of the slot. You know, he, he could be an important contributor to your offense, but then when you combine ACL injury concern, when's he going to be ready? With limited traits, even though he's very pro-ready and, and route running is very important and creating separation is really valuable and he can be, I mean, he could have a, a long career and have quite a bit of production, but it's enough where, yeah, he's more in this like, yeah, day two type range, not quite those same, not quite the same as those first round guys. And then I'll also throw Alex or Alec Pierce, excuse me, from Cincinnati 
in this range. Another sort of size, speed, vertical receiver, similar to Tolbert, but a little bit bigger. And I think a, a little bit more acceleration and a little bit less of the, the same kind of speed. But in that Cincinnati offense, you know, vertical sideline player, really good at going up and high pointing the ball. He's see strong at the catch point, going to come down with those catches where you throw them up for him and works his way downfield. He just has wasn't asked to run a bunch of routes and didn't run a, a wide variety of routes at, at a high level, right? Route running is a concern there and being able to expand more of what he's able to do. It's just, it's more a projection, right? Concern versus projection is, is a gray area there, but it's it's something that when he hasn't done it a ton at the college level, you just don't know. And so then how, how well can you project his traits and his tools to be able to do that then better at the pro level. I'll still take that 6'3 size with some pretty good movement skills and catch ball skills, ball skills at the catch point strength. Sure, I, I would sign up for that to, to be able to develop that and hope that my wide receivers coach can help make him into even more than what we saw from him in college. So like still some decent options there firmly in the second round, just not as not as complete, not as sexy, not as surefire presumably, as some of the picks earlier in this draft. But I still think you can find value even into the third round and still get players that would add something this Bears wide receiving core is missing. We'll look at where they can still maybe get a playmaker if they use their second-round picks elsewhere on other needs or best players available in this draft. Next on Locked On Bears. There's so many different parts available to the Bears in this draft, and hey, Having a great selection of parts is always a good thing. That's why I always turn to our friends at rockauto.com for all of my auto parts needs. rockauto.com is a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They've got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle. Really complicated parts like engine control modules and fuel pump assemblies to the easy stuff that I, I know I can do by myself, like changing a tail lamp or, of course, motor oil, new carpet, all sorts of goodies all at rockauto.com. Despite having such a deep selection, I mean, everything you could think of, it's really easy to navigate. They got, you just enter in your car's make and model, and then you can quickly pull up all the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer for any of the parts you're looking for. Those prices are particularly important because some of the chain stores, like in person, will have Different price tiers for professional mechanics will get a, a better price than the do-it-yourselfers like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same low price for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts somewhere else. Head on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, they have a box that says, how did you hear about us? Fill that in and write the words locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. As we get a little bit deeper into this draft, as we get to more of like the late second to slash third round guys, first of all, again, the, the deeper we go, the more variety of opinion you're going to have on these wide receivers. So I, I'm certainly not advocating that like I know all and that everyone else is wrong by me putting these receivers in this spot. But I think it, it's sort of, more a general range, uh, which again, like some of these receivers that we talk about now, some people might like more than John Metchie or, or Jalen Tolbert or Alec Pierce or some of the guys we talked about earlier, right? It's For me, it's not so much about ranking them. It's about general range of where these guys could go and what the Bears' potential options might be in those general ranges, right? So let's start with like a Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. A, another one of these like 5'8", 180-pound slot receivers that are, you know, 
really short arms. And that's going to be a limitation in terms of, you know, winning in the NFL. But one of the quickest players in this draft. I mean, just in and out of his breaks when the ball's in his hands after the catch. I mean, he they even played him at running back quite a bit at Kentucky. And, I mean, he, he's kind of that gadget slot speed explosiveness player. And, you know, they didn't just use him as an underneath slot guy either. They let him go deep to it, and he was able to win some balls deep downfield. And I, there's, a, a, again, a lot to like there in a lot of different ways that a creative offensive coordinator could put Wondell Robinson in their offense and get great production. He's just never going to be that bona fide number one wide receiver. There, There is, you know, a, a different type of ceiling there. And it's not going to be every team's cup of tea. I will say, you know, in terms of, of route running, he's got some room to tighten things up a little bit. Like he's so quick that it almost doesn't, didn't need to be tight as often at Kentucky. And that's something if he could, you know, sort of just zip it up a little bit and really add that extra dimension of, of crispness, then the acceleration can put him an extra step ahead and really sort of, you know, get the most out of Wandale Robinson. But like, Somebody, somebody can make him into something really good. And I think it's kind of a similar conversation with another receiver right in this range. Calvin Austin III from Memphis saw him in person down at the Senior Bowl, and his his explosiveness, his quickness, and his speed stood out among everybody down there. He was fast, gone, moves in a hurry. But again, 5'8", 180. I mean, it's, it's 0 to 60 like that, and I think he's a much better route runner than Wondell Robinson and I think he's a little bit better after the catch. I, I really did start to fall in love with, with Calvin Austin here. So, again, I'm not going, like, in order necessarily, but, like, he is a dynamic athlete. He's just not he's not physical, right? He, he kind of can get bodied out by bigger, stronger physical cornerbacks. You know, I'm, so I'm worried about, like, him in terms of, like, press coverage or any kind of contested catch situations. It's like he needs to be open and have space to make plays but he's also really fast and explosive enough to get himself open fairly easy. But the, the question is, okay, but if a cornerback can get their hands on him, is he still going to be able to get open? Can he still be an effective player in your offense? I mean, I think I, I think he can, right? He, he was a guy who played some on the outside at Memphis. And it wasn't just like they were throwing him screen passes and all these, you know, screen, all these schemed plays to create offense for him. He was able to be, again, an effective intermediate and downfield route runner at 5'8", 180, but projected to the NFL. There, there's always a, a question there, but I do like I do like Calvin Austin quite a bit, and I think again another one of these players that a smart offensive innovator can get him in their offense and make something potentially special out of him, even if he's never going to be that that big, long, strong number one type type of wide receiver. Like another guy in this range, for example, Justin Ross from Clemson, six three and a half, two hundred and five pounds, big, long wingspan, pretty fluid for a guy his size. I wouldn't say explosive, but you know it's it, it's it's smooth when he does move and he's going to go win at the catch point, uh, you know, this true like possession wide receiver, you know, not going to run away from everybody necessarily, but moves very well is going to get open and make catches. Right. But the concern with Justin Ross is he, he had like a back spinal fusion surgery in 2020. That was like threatening his football career. And I, I'm, I'm not enough of a medical expert. I'm not any, Amount. I'm a zero percent a medical expert to to judge whether or not I should be concerned about that affecting his long term durability in the NFL. It, it sounds scary, but I, I don't know if that's if that's one hundred percent fine and nothing to worry about anymore, or, or if I or if that should make him fall down into the third round. 
He also had foot surgery this past season, so there's a couple of different injury sort of things lingering from there. You'd like to see him maybe add a little bit more strength, but at 205, it's it's there, and the, the frame certainly is there for him to add that strength. So there's if you can clear him medically, and which may not be possible, there's a lot to like about Justin Ross. I mean, a lot of potential in there that still feels pretty well untapped. On, on the other side of the spectrum, there's sort of that, that low-ceiling, high-floor-type feeling for David Bell from Purdue. One of these... Really, like, again, I keep coming back to the word savvy, and I'm, but, but like, he, it just looks so natural for David Bell. It's not, it's effortless the way he runs. It's, it's, he's not, he's not the biggest, he's not, again, he's another one of these, like, he's not small, but he's not that big. He's not slow, but he's not that fast. But it just looks easy for him. He has just great control of his body. He's tough. He's strong. When people tackle him, they bounce off of him. I think, if I remember, I think he has like some ridiculously high deadlift or squat. Like I think he was on Bruce Feldman's freaks athlete list of just that lower body strength that he has as a wide receiver. But when he's not big fat or, or fast, there is a limited ceiling there. I mean, just high floor guy that's going to get open and, and you'll love to have him on your team because he's going to work hard and He's not going to go down easily and do all the like the toughness, the mental, you know, intangible type stuff. David Bell is your guy, but the potential there is limited. So how early do you take a guy that you don't know if he can be, you know, if he can ever become something truly special or if he's just always going to be that number three, number four type reliable option. But you do want something a little bit better. I'll wrap up here with. One of the more difficult and interesting evaluations, I think, in this wide receiver class, Khalil Shakur from Boise State. If you look up like a highlight reel of Khalil Shakur, it, he's got these crazy catches, like away from his body, falling down. Like the body control is is unreal. And, and he's a pretty good route runner too. But he, I mean, he can just be like horizontal to the ground, falling backwards and, and come up with these great catches. But then also he drops way too many passes like those concentration drops where he's running a slant or whatever and doesn't look it into his hands and instead turns to start running and then drops the ball because he didn't finish the process of making the catch and it's like how can you make all the really difficult catches look so easy but then make a lot of the easy catches look so difficult and that's what makes him kind of a tough uh, evaluation here because like he again he's not an elite size or speed guy but his wins a lot over the middle of the field with with pretty good route running and he's been I was he, he, when he catches the ball, he's he's a very reliable target in that Boise State offense. And can you clean up those concentration drops and then still get all the highlight reel catches and and have yourself something really spectacular at wide receiver potentially? But I, I do think there is a limited ceiling there. He, he might be more of a slot guy. And and how much production you know can you get up to with that? It's hard to tell. That's why I think he's a tough evaluation. And maybe a team could fall in love with him much earlier. But it feels more like this sort of third round potential range could be a good spot for Khalil Shakir. So hopefully that gives you a decent sense of the different flavors of this wide receiver class, what the Bears could maybe expect with each of their day three draft picks, what kind of options could be there for them. I hope you'll hit that subscribe button on the Locked on Bears YouTube channel or wherever you're listening to this podcast to keep up with the rest of our podcast this week because we're going to do the same thing with the offensive linemen available and the defensive backs, barring any sort of major Bears breaking news that will take our attention away. We'll, we'll kind of get into these day two draft picks at those key positions for the Chicago Bears. So I hope we'll, we'll start getting in draft mode here. We're just a couple of weeks away now from the NFL draft. I hope you'll start to feel a little bit more prepared, a little bit more familiar with some of these prospects available for the Bears. And as a result, I hope that makes it just a little bit easier for you to bear down.